This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wongal people and the Yagara Turrbal peoples. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Strap in. Buckle up. It's story time, folks. This is Australiana Rama. Morning. This episode has some swear words in it. And Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners are advised that the following episode contains the names of people who have died. Okay, Maddie. That's me. We've covered. (laughs) (laughs) I'm well, thank you. Um, Last episode, you covered the Olympics, the Sydney 2000, the sport bit, you know? Mm -hmm. It was great. I learned a lot. Um, And we're going to dive in. Do you know the more the cultural ceremonial aspects of the Olympics? And by that, I mean, we're going to talk about the opening ceremony in detail. Some may say the main event. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the one that has has stayed with me. Mm. All right. So if you want to spend a whole lot of time on YouTube, man, there's so much stuff available. Like I watched the intro to the ceremony, like the televised intro. Oh, dull. They're interviewing people as they arrive to the stadium. They're pointing out the famous people that are there. And it's Muhammad Ali, Chelsea Clinton, who arguably not famous, but... You know, yeah, because of Atlanta, um, Gough Whitlam, Dawn Fraser, and then Princess Anne. Mm. And Dawn fair. Fraser was there with the president of the IOC because his wife was really sick. Yeah, and she she actually died during she, the. She Olympics. passed away during the games. Yeah, yeah, it's sad. But yeah, moving <laughs> on. I nearly spilled Penny all over me. Oh, dear. Um, Maddie has a Penny Wong mug, everyone. It's true. Just so we know. And, yeah, and there's, like, a little, like, they're interviewing the celebrities. Like, they find, like, like John Farnham is there, obviously, and he's, like, he's pretty nervous, but he's having chats. And they're, like, oh, yeah, what do you normally do when you get nervous? And he's, like... I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, oh, I normally get pissed out of my mind. And he's like, no, no, I'm joking, of course. I just take a quiet moment with myself. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. He's very worried about messing it up. And then he's just like, oh, you should be good, though. I might get a beer after. I'm like, oh, John Farnham, mm. man of the yep. people. Um, Nikki Webster, so cute. Bless her. Talking about how yeah. excited she is. She's not nervous. She's only 13. She looks 10. No, she's like professional and mature beyond belief it's like it mm. yeah she's genuinely like she feels really prepared she's really excited she's not nervous um vanessa Emerossi was 19 in the year 2000 yeah i did you know i had no idea we'll come back to her yeah um big time and one little note that i've written down um is that the australian accent has actually changed a little bit in 20 years i noticed is it less broad? No, it's just less different. twangy. It's just something I'm not sure. I'd have to think I'm harder sure about. It's just not the Channel Seven accent. <laughs> but it's because they're in talking to different people, and I feel like maybe John Farnham's speaking accent hasn't changed. Yeah, but I feel like Vanessa Amorosi speaks slightly differently, maybe. But also, she's an adult now. Anyway, 
Um, so I watched that and then it went into like highlights of the, the torch relay and then it would have oh. gone mm-hmm. straight into the Olympics. Yeah, because they had the torch on the top of the opera house like at that point, you know? Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because it was still being relayed. Which during is the bold. Mm. Top of the opera house is quite bold, yes. Yeah. Okay, so the opening ceremony was completely sold out. 110,000 seats were for sale, and were, you know. Mamma mia. Yeah. And the cast of 12,687 it started at 7 p.m. and went for four and a half hours. Mm. Long time. Yep. Um, artistic director was David Atkins. Mm-hmm. Apparently as people arrived – like on their seats, they got like a little yellow case, looks like like a little school case, which had Olympic stickers on the front. Um, and in the case, there were green and gold socks, a torch, Fuck cheer yes. band, which is like a light up wristband, mm-hmm. a lapel pin, program, postcard, cards, earplugs, very kind, stickers, mm-hmm. and a Kodak CD-ROM. Oh, so curious boy. about. Do you reckon they're on sale somewhere on eBay? Oh, probably. If anyone has one, get in touch. What was on that CD-ROM? Yep. Um, but yeah, the I torch don't have like, a drive to put it in, but <laughs> I do actually. Um, I had to get an external one so I could still watch DVDs. My laptop doesn't have a disc drive. <laughs> <laughs> and you still own DVDs. So do you, mate. I know. I was about to say. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> you can't get rosemary and thyme on the internet, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. Not all the episodes. Anyway. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so everyone's got light up things. They've got socks. They're ready. <laughs> you know? Yep. And there's some stuff that like wasn't wasn't televised, you know, like getting everyone in. There was a sing-along with John Williamson. There was actual welcome to country before oh. everything. Okay, I wanted that because there's no formal acknowledgement or welcome in mm. the opening ceremony televised. And no, I it's that down, but they did. It was one. done beforehand, and segments of the ceremony itself do include actual like welcoming. They do protocols, but it's they part do. of the performance less than it is a. But I'd how imagine we would do a welcome to country now. Yeah, I'd imagine that. Yeah, I'd like to think in 2032, you know, in the future, like there will be a it would televised. Be different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you um, go. Okay, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, but it, it was done. Um, And, yeah, and then there was a countdown. They counted from 60, I guess it's just a minute countdown, different pictures. Sure. And then the words opening ceremony appear on a big screen in what looked to me like the lift-off font. Hello. Lift off, but I couldn't find out who did that particular bit of graphic design. Nah, I'll confirm it now. Sure. Mm. Or who did the graphic design for lift off? Was it Terry Denton? (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, so the crowd roars, Mm -hmm. and then a single horse rider barrels onto the field. He's got Mm -hmm. an Akubra Mm -hmm. and a Dreiser Bone stockman. His name is Stephen Jeffries. So they're just they're going straight in with. Oh yeah. Man from Snowy River. Yeah. Um, Which, was this just before that became a major touring theatrical production? It had to have been. I think this maybe made someone go, oh, my gosh. That's a good idea. I reckon. We could make that a thing. And then the Outback Spectacular became a thing. Mm, That checks out. Yeah. Because Bruce Rowland, who is the conductor and the composer of the theme from The Man from Snowy River, which was adapted for this, he said that, like, something went wrong with the tech and his headphones and he didn't get a cue. Yes. 
No, no queuing. So he was just like, well, off we go. Let's give it a good shot. Yeah, and because, like, some things yeah. are live, but there's mostly tracks. It's like you have to get it right. Like, Yeah. So he did well, nailed it. So mm-hmm. old mate riding out, and then there's 120 riders. Again, a Cooper's, Dries Bones, flags, Olympic flags. Join him, and then they do formations. Like, they're making Olympic rings. Yeah. It's very loud. Classic. Crowd. Crowd loves it. Yeah, and so according to, like, the main horse boy, he was like, the, the, <laughs> the horses love it. They're not nervous. It, they've been practicing it for 14 days leading up. So 14 days of horse practice. Yeah. My question is what if a horse poos during the ceremony? <laughs> a volunteer appears immediately. <laughs> but that has to be it. has to be the case. There would have been some assistant stage managers in the wings, like ready to poop and scoop. scoop Unless and is poop. there scoop like a, dis- a discreet <laughs> thing that the horses are wearing? Yeah, or I couldn't see anything. Did a tap dancer step in some shit? Like, yeah. if you well, were there, let us know. Because that's the option. Like, if there's no solution, that is what happened. Um, well. And so after that bit, Ken Doan designed a flag that said G'day and it was up it was huge for like two seconds yeah they unfurl this flag and then it's down yep Classic. and then James Morrison the mm-hmm. Australian trumpeter not the other one not yes. the pop guy and what looks like an enormous high school big band mm. you know appear on a thing that looks like a wedding cake essentially like a tiered yeah. platform um, and they play the opening fanfare and the brief was a, was apparently not quite waltzing Matilda. And that's what it, it sounds a little bit like waltzing Matilda. The outfits suck in this bit. When I saw it, I was like, Wiggles colours. And then I was like, no, you dipshit, Olympics colours. Yeah, no, I did exactly the same thing. Yeah, I think a lot of Australians would have. But it's, uh, yeah, they're pretty grim, the costumes. Mm. Not flattering. No, the, and it is, it's like, it's like high school. <laughs> Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Sounds great. They would have had a great time. It, it, the music is excellent. Mm, it's stunning. It would have been so effective in a big stadium. Yeah. But then, oh, man, it's such the time that this was. The national mm. anthem is next with the oh. Sydney Symphony Orchestra, of course. Yes, and who is course. doing the first verse? Human nature. Ayo. Human nature. Bless the them. year 2000. Um, Some of I've... them still look like they're from the year 2000. Oh, yeah. Although the one that in the year 2000 had really bleached blonde hair doesn't have that now. Mm. Bleached blonde, spiky, kind of, you know, the sort of ill-fitting suits that you would have worn at that time. Were you in human nature? Uh, I specifically would have worn in that time, yep. yes. <laughs> at a fancy event with your, you know, a cappella group essentially. Yep. Apparently they also did, didn't get their cue. Yeah. And kind of they argued clearly had themselves some and then problems. went, okay, run, run, run. Absolute chaos. The whole thing is like it's really earnest and so, so it's lame. It's so lame. They're doing their beautiful harmonies. So lame. As this just on the queuing things, like mm. as we go through this, like I think we need to acknowledge that theater technology, like live performance technology, even now is quite mm. archaic. 
Oh, yeah. Like it's there's lots of things attached to other things by string. There's like mm. queuing systems are usually over radio and radios famously fail or get interrupted or intercepted or batteries fail. Someone forgot to recharge batteries and therefore your queuing system completely fails. Mm. But like in the 10 years that I've worked in a theater, technology has grown massively. We've took we've turned We've started having digital queuing systems that are amazing. They didn't exist then. Mm. No, there are hun- over a hundred thousand people in this space. Yeah, and they're doing they're they're radioing each yeah. other. Yeah, and watching that through watching this event through that lens, and hearing yep, we had queuing problems here and here and here. I'm like, that's amazing. The fact that you only had like three queuing problems, and we'll talk about the big one mm, later, the big is one. actually incredible. Outstanding. Because. Olympic. Yeah. Mm. Like it. it's, yeah, any theatre people watching it I just, would just be like, yeah. oh, God, like my mm. butt. Yeah, and because <laughs> some, some things are to tracks too. Yeah. It's like if you can't hear your track, what on earth do you do? Maybe you also poo like the horse. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's an Olympic secret that no one will tell me. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here first. <laughs> John Farnham, let us know. Um, We've got the scoop, the poop scoop. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. I'm okay. saying so, terrible things now. <laughs> second verse of the anthem is sung by Julie Anthony, oh. music theatre superstar, um, and yeah. with a choir, of course. Um, it is so camp. She also performed with the Seekers in place of Judith Durham singing The Carnival is Over at the close of Expo 88. Ah, ah. Closing ceremony. So she's uh-huh. she's no stranger to a ceremony. Yeah. Um, and the Blinky Bill movie that's in like the 90s that I'm quite fond of, she sings a song in that too. So that's Julie Anthony. Good, Good choice. Job. Yeah, so that's the anthem has happened. I always forget there's a second verse, and I know that there's more than that. There are. But, you, like, human nature are done, and you're like, oh, it's done. And then Julie's like, wah, and you're like, oh, God. She rips into it too. <laughs> it's still, yeah, she really just punctuates mm. the moment. She knows she's a, she's a performer, obviously, mm. but she can sing. So the next segment is called Deep Sea Dreaming. Mm-hmm. And it took two years of planning, which from oh. the scale of it, that's not enough. How do they do no, this? No, no. Again, I don't. Mm. It's wild. This, I, my answer for that is Meryl Tankard. Yeah. She was the director. She did the choreo. She did the costumes. Um, and she is a dancer and choreographer. She's worked with the Australian Ballet, Pina Bausch, did all this various solo stuff. Yeah. She's director of the Australian Dance Theatre. Just a vast body of work. Yeah. You know, not only did she dare to dream, but she deep sea dreamed. She <laughs> did. She achieved. <laughs> she got there. <laughs> Honestly. Um, and so Meryl's vision, Nikki Webster appears. Yes. Tiny, tiny, strawberry blonde, curly haired kid, just, you know, skipping into the stadium onto what, billions of TVs. Itty bitty looks 10, but is not 10. She lies down her beach towel. She takes a nap. She is wearing an iconic pink floral dress with matching bike pants and those pink like jelly sandals. You and I wrote down the exact same note. Was it about the jelly sandals? (laughs) Iconic pink floral dress. (laughs) And I also said we all owned something in that flower print. (laughs) Oh, yeah, mine. Okay. Mine was that 
print, but it was like an kind of an aqua blue mm-hmm. and it was um, like a skirt and a halter neck. Like uh-huh. halter. Uh-huh. I loved it. Mine was, get ready for oh. this. I'm ready. Pink lacquer, <clears throat> full length flares. <laughs> And I wore them in my grade three dance performance to shake your groove thing. And to this day, I'm like, it's still one of my favorite, most iconic outfits. Thank you very much. That's amazing. (laughs) I was not ready for that. I thought I had time to take a sip of tea. (laughs) I tried. When I said (laughs) flares. Full length got me. Uh, Yeah. Oh, anyway. (laughs) Nikki looks crap. I want those jelly sandals. Yeah, so good. Okay, and as she's drifting off, groups of people with those like big parachute things you'd have for sport in primary school. Yeah. What are they called? Parachutes. Yeah. So there's heaps of people doing those as like the reef, but there's also big jellyfish. Yeah. Which are disguising some tech stuff because Mm. they're about to yeet this child into the air. Just yeeted so, so high. 45 metres up on cables, they just fling her up there and they wouldn't have been able to do it if it was too windy. Like she didn't get to do the dress rehearsal because it was too windy. Yeah. Wild. My and note she has was, no fear. No fear. <laughs> no. My note was motherfucking jellyfish and then in full capital letters, yeets into the sky <laughs> so very, very high and then spins. <laughs> Exactly, though. Yeah, it is. Like, yeet didn't exist then, but that is the birth of the yeet. Mm. Like, she just propels. Like, And she's clearly having such a good time. Like, she's swimming, she's she's dancing. She's doing such a good job. And, like, there was an interview where she's talking about, like, the rehearsals and, like, she literally had absolutely no fear of heights. No, wanted to go higher. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Sure. And I've written some other aesthetic things. There's fish running on the ground wearing goggles. Terrifying fish. So funny. Then there's someone who is dressed as a caterpillar. They're like on a hoop. They're also flying. Is that Lyra when it's a hoop? Oh, I thought it was worms on hooks. Oh, okay. Because they are in a hoop. And I wondered, I was like, aren't they under the sea? Why is it a caterpillar? It's a worm. It's a worm. <laughs> yeah. But they're doing a wonderful a wonderful performance in their little yeah. sleeping bag up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> wriggling around on the hoop. <laughs> um, and there's a couple of people who are flying around being like those sea butterflies. They're really beautiful. Yeah. So there are adults in the air as well. They're making the Great Barrier Reef for Nikki to swim around in. The children's choir are, of course, singing something. Oh, yeah. There's Don't a big, even know. big eel on the ground, mm. which has like upwards of 30 people in it, you know. Minimum. And Laurie Lawrence, for some yeah. reason, appears on the screen because he's like the swimming coach and he's yelling because there's a bunch of kids also in the air now, jumpsuits, swimming caps, big flippers, training apparently. Yeah. That bit really um, pulls me out of the drama, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. It's like Laurie, what <laughs> are you, being why like, are you swim, here? Swim, swim, stroke, mm. whatever it is. Yeah. He's just yelling. And because – Because he's not live. No, and because the screens, this is also before like LED screen technology Mm. was implemented into stadiums. And so they only have a couple of what I assume are rear projection screens or potentially they are digitized screens and they're not very big. It's not that many. And he just pops up on, no, there's only like four maybe. Mm. 
Um, but they're not like they're really, really small in comparison to the rest of the stadium. And so, and I think he only pops up on one. Mm. Maybe That's what two, it looked like. Yeah. But it looked like one. And so he's like, it's just really weird. Mm. Anyway. Um, it is strange. And internationally, but- people would have been like, what is what? that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? Why? <laughs> Why is he yelling? Yeah. But so everyone's doing their fir- formations again. And if you are watching the one that has the Australian commentators, he's going on about how we're all linked to the sea. It's yes. Like even the vast portions of our country are like arid, desert, blah, blah, blah. We all have this mm-hmm. connection to the sea. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he was just moved, you know. Oh, yeah. I think Christina knew, articulated it better. But <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. But yeah, so this, you know, the swimming happens and then eventually Nikki is not flying anymore. She's down. She's and supposed to eat. Yeah. All the sections kind of flow into each other. But the next section is called The Awakening. Yep. It's very cool. Yeah. So this one I have most notes about. Mm-hmm. So this is directed by Rhoda Roberts and Stephen Page. Rhoda Roberts is so amazing. She's done so much things just like as like a performer and a writer and an artistic director and programmer. And she was yeah. the like head of First Nations programming at the Opera House until quite recently. She's not doing that anymore. Um, and then Stephen Page of Bangara. Yeah. So, And a lot of it was composed by his brother David Page. Mm. as well who is no longer with us which is really sad but yeah that was one of his big achievements in his career was that section yeah and it's really it's really amazing um and there was like a lot of pressure from like certain angles for them to boycott the games Mm. um but I think both Rhoda and Stephen from what what they've, they've said in articles and stuff, like even like recently as well, looking back at it, that it's mm. like, yeah, well, representation within the stadium was important. Yeah. And like that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and I, Rhoda Roberts, like she, for years leading up to it, it seems like had been, you know, campaigning for it to be not just have mm. Aboriginal people in the ceremony but have it be led, you know, led by yeah. Them as well. Yeah, which is really important because, yeah, there is a history of, yes, these processes not being Indigenous-led. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so this is, and it's a, like an it's 11-minute segment, which is a big chunk compared to lots of them. Um, Ernie Dingo takes over the commentary for this section, which is a yeah. nice touch from Channel 7. I also just forgot how nice his voice is to listen oh, to. Really lovely. Just really it's... soothing and really, yeah, mm. really nice. He's a wonderful broadcaster. All right, so at this point, um, Jakapura Munyarian, I believe that's how you say his last name, um, who's a young new elder and a songman from Arnhem Land, he appears and he's kind of, you know, he's with Nikki for the, the rest of this, the whole opening ceremony mm. pretty much. So he appears, he's like calling Nikki over and is joined by a big group of Aboriginal dancers and then through the whole next section he's kind of, you know, guiding little Nikki through all this stuff. There's different mm. songs and ceremonial things and they're going through different like cultural protocols was the idea. So they're this one of the songs in particular that they like, you know, landed on through consultation is like a flag song, is what it's called, mm. and it's all like, you know, and welcoming and like different different groups. 
And it's really nice. Like Jakapura, he's so good. And in interviews, like Nikki talking about how nice it was for her and she just loved him. Yeah. And then he, because at some point they're on like a quite a high platform and like he's scared of heights. Yeah. You know, but was being there for Nikki. He seems like such just like a wonderful man. Yeah. So there are so many Aboriginal performers in this segment. It is. Yeah. Like, yeah. And hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. I've got the number later in my notes. I'll find it. Um, but Rhoda Roberts, like in particular, for like, and she was go- off initially going to places like alone, like she did like vast consultations and then like in smaller groups getting all these people because there's, yeah, because there's one point where the big group of women come out and like older women and like 90% of these people hadn't been to Sydney before. Mm. So it was a big deal. Rhoda Roberts is saying that like some of like Tri-Nations women, so like Northern Territory, Western Australia, South yeah. Australia, Central Desert, like it can take some of these women five days to get to the airport. Yeah, yeah. Like let alone to Sydney. So just like a massive undertaking. Yeah, yeah. To get all these people here. And yeah, and it's really cool because there are, there's like articles and there's footage as well of like Rhoda Roberts talking about all this stuff like recently mm. and how it felt like a big, like a change and like a coming of age for Australia. Yeah, that's what put, she says, hey, a coming of age. Yeah, to put this forward. And, yeah, the whole thing is like so beautiful and although well, now it's like, like Black Lives Matter and just in general the history of Australia, like societal change hasn't happened mm. in lots of ways but like having – this is like a cultural memory, but it also kind of like any kind of serious re- representation of Australia now kind of it's there, there is that expectation that it should feature Indigenous people. Yeah. And, and I guess, I mean, I'm making an assumption, but I guess it's probably the biggest televised display of um, arts and culture from Australia internationally, right? Like it's the event mm. that's probably the one single event that's probably reached the most people ever. And so the fact that it's kind of, yeah, set a precedent, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. And so that is that is one, like, legacy of this, you know, segment. I thought we could – has some, surely someone's done a PhD on this? <laughs> oh, there's probably – yeah, there's probably a few people. It would be interesting to, you know, hear what some of the Bangara guys think about it and stuff as well and – it's, a, it's just a beautiful section too. Oh, like it's, the, it's absolutely stunning because um, yeah. there's a series of, of different dances and like as different yeah. groups are introduced in traditional dress doing different styles of dance. Yeah. The Torres Strait section is yes, a banger. The flag song thing which has, that's what mostly when the women are coming in from Arnhem Land. Yes. And then yeah. there's like a rhythm dance, which is welcoming the Torres Strait Islander people yeah. in. That is so sick. Like that's a really cool because yeah. they're like moving really fast and the dancing yeah. is really cool. And the ending with the giant image of the spirit from the yes. Kimberley was, is stunning. It's so cool because they do, there's a like a unity song, which sounds like something that's, it's in a, a Yothu Yindi song. So I'm like, maybe it is like a, you know, a traditional song that is also used by Yothu mm. Yindi because they are from a similar area to yeah. Jakapura. Um, and then there's a smoking ceremony. And so they're calling the spirits in 
to lead into the future and that's where there's things that are like the rock paintings from the Kimberley mm. is it's on the parachutes and stuff again and hectic stilt walkers who yeah. are being the spirits and the spirit really really tall painting in particular that you're talking about that's suspended called like one Gina and again yes. that is a thing that appears in lots of ancient art which is cool yeah it just it's really it's really beautiful and like the value placed in this section yeah um yeah and then they're doing <laughs> I've just written traditional fire this is wild because they're, they're turning into like cultural like burning and bushfire stuff and they there's just so many like there's fire breathers there's fire twirlers and they specifically yeah. trained 300 fire breathers for this uh in the next section in the nature section you mean yeah 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 oh yeah, yeah i've jumped a little bit actually the end of the awakening segment it's like there's smoking ceremony yeah things happen there's some really nice formations as well which are all kind of informed by like traditional drawings and like rock art that exists like they're not just doing the olympic rings in this yeah yeah segment yeah i've just got a couple of quotes from rhoda roberts that i wanted to read out from an article that the sydney opera house had put up actually once once she left the role actually she says it was a time when many of our communities were at a point of despair and we're all thinking of protest due to the terrible situation in our country it was the time of the release of a national report bringing them home regarding the stolen generation and the community would always remember and lament all the children who would never be returned home. And meeting after meeting, I suggested, Rhoda suggested, our involvement should be from our culture and from our perspective. This could empower our youth and show the world we're still the oldest thriving culture and how we host visitors to our unceded territories. And once they embrace this, they would want to know our story, our truth, and how Australia, till, Australia still perpetuated racism. So that's kind of where she's yeah. come from. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And this is over 2,000 Indigenous performers were involved. So I'll go with that number. I think it would be about right because there was 300 in that one section of the um, the women from the Central Desert alone. Mm. So 2,000 wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, so that leads into the next one, which is called Nature. Um, and that's where 300 fire breathers specially trained for this Enter because they because they had like six people that would go every weekend and train yeah. someone else. Yeah, because there's like six. Because there are not three hundred fire breathers in Australia. Well, there no, they are were, now, they, they <laughs> they were, were like six. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Literally, like. Does six that of explain them. all of the like fire breathing and stuff that now exists in so many different festivals like Woodford? Like, every, just too many people got trained at the Olympics and they went back. To where they lived and just passed it on to other people. <laughs> Tragically, I think that is the case. <laughs> um, oh. uh, so the next section is called Nature. The music is composed by Chong Lim. It begins like in the aftermath of the fire, there's people rolling around dressed as leaves. It's so effective oh. from a distance, but, man, it's oh. hilarious. Oh. Like what if a horse had done a poo and they're just like rolling around like a little leaf in the wind? Yeah, but also... Like I think they're maybe meant to be rosellas that are like the big pink vaginas. Oh yeah, that no, are that's just f- zipping around and then I just start like that's the next bit because there's leaves on the ground which are different. There's morph suits and more parachutes, and then I wrote vulvas caught in a breeze. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
they're the ones that they're more standing upright. Like no, I know that's what I mean. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like on top of the leaves, there's vulvas. Vulvas. Yeah, just little morph suit vulvas. But they're making a wildflower out. garden. There oh. are so many vulval morph suits. Um, Jakapura, the songman, <laughs> is is back for all of this. And you know they're doing all these formations. They're just making like wildflowers. It looks, I'm sure, it looks like flowers. But it looks nice. Yeah, from a distance. The close-ups. Yeah, but whenever are they zoom in, you're like, ha! so <laughs> funny. I wish yep. I just can't. Um, yeah. And Nikki flies in again towards the end yeah, of this, sprinkling naturally. glitter. The flowers have lit up, whereas like all the other lights have gone off. Yeah. And then the people go off. And the flowers, like they turn into banksiers, I think. That's what they are. Yeah, and there's a couple It's really of funny because when they make them and they like make the banksier shape, the audience like applauses and is like, wow. And whenever I watch that section, I'm like, man, people overseas – wouldn't see that as a flower. They'd just see it as a red dome and be like it's a waratah. And yeah, 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 probably a waratah because it's mm. New South Wales. Because there's people running around as little stirt deserts, desert peas as well. They're funny. Yeah, and it's just like it just looks so funny internationally. Oh, because flowers are not that shape in many other places. So they'd be like, why is why are they cheering the red domes over there? Yeah, and because they'd have different commentary, and like because you can watch it without commentary yeah. on YouTube mm. today mm. if you want. Um, my next note, and now colonialism. Yes, then I said in all capital letters. Then we get colonial. Yeah, <laughs> but I will say the first fleet as a dumb bicycle is quite good, and they. I don't love that the first fleet are in it at all. Do no. not get me wrong, but at least they're like funny looking and it's like a weird kind of abstracted they, they look oh, like, everything's a bit wonky and dumb they look so like, dumb they look really useless it's like a the shape of a boat but it's like a couple penny farthings jammed together someone's got a rabbit in a cage three minutes yeah and then they yeah. set off some pyrotechnics which is like oh because it's but it's like okay we're not actually doing a war we've jumped yeah and They've lit the bike on fire, electric guitar happens. Yes. And then I wrote, oh God, the Ned Kelly's. Ned Kelly fire. Yeah. All of them. And they're like the Sidney Nolan paintings. Yes. Yes. So it's very specific, stylized. Whirling around. There's guns on fire. I wrote Metal Rock and Dragon. Roll, baby. But it is a horse. Yeah. It, but it does look like a dragon. The com- and it's only because the commentator says it's a horse Explain that you're it. like, yeah. oh. It looked like a windmill <laughs> dragon. Yeah. Um, there's river dance music. I yeah. wrote human hamster wheel, but then I had to add an S because there's so many different hamster yeah. wheels. Like, and they I- look like teens slash young adults. Yeah, like there's so many like really young acrobats doing cool yeah. stuff. The guitar continues. The horse breathes fire. I'm like, oh, it's not a dragon. And they're carrying around all of these sheets of iron. It's corrugated corrugated iron. iron. And I'm like, man, I hope those things are bloody core flute. But I don't think they are because they dance on them. No, yeah. And I'm like, how are they not cutting like, themselves on the edges? That is not. So, this whole section and the section before with the fire, just mm. like the risk assessment going yeah. into it. All of the fire retardant, which is the spray that you put on things to make things not catch on fire. Mm. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And scary. All, all the hamster wheels are like rainwater tanks. Yeah. Um, there's people just running. There's lots of akubras. I love acrobats. I mean, Everything naturally. is corrugated. There's like tin and wheels. Irish dancing is happening while wood chopping is happening. Like hectic yes. wood chopping at a height. Yes. 
there's windmills, there's whip cracking, there's yes. people running through the whips. I mean, sure. There's banjos. It's just it's it's a lot. And so my note is there is a lot happening in capital letters. A lot. I think this section is called Tin Symphony, I and it right. is the busiest. It Very is. Hectic. It's not bad busy. It's just like, whoa, it keeps going. Oh, my God, it keeps going. Oh, my mm. God. Holy shit. And it's quite comical. Um, and then it's like yeah, they're it's pretending to sheer sheet, but then there's like boxes. And I was like, are those people in boxes? Like why? Yeah. Like they're moving and then it's like it's live export. Yeah. They're meant to be sheep. They're flipping. <laughs> They've included live export yeah. in the opening ceremony. Yeah. Um, just a bit of fun. Yeah, the boxes are dancing. They they release actual dogs, like they're a sheepdog I mean, running around the stadium having a great time. I wonder if they pooed. Mm. <laughs> they have to have. On, like. <laughs> um, and then kids jump out of these cardboard boxes. Like they all uh-huh. look like 14-year-old boys who've been trapped in these boxes. They're wearing bucket oh, yeah. hats and Hawaiian shirts and they've got lawnmowers. Yep. Because apparently the Victor lawnmower <clears throat> was invented in Australia. Yep. And then they're mowing the lawn and they've made the Olympic rings again. I think this section would have thrown international viewers more than any other section. Absolutely. It would have been like, I don't understand all of the quirky references. They wouldn't understand that it was tongue-in-cheek funny. Mm. That it it was meant to be a bit of a like, oh, this is a bit silly. Yeah, because we've gone from, you know, the Great Barrier Reef, which they understand... Mm-hmm. And then a beautiful ancient culture mm-hmm. is happening and then this happens. Nature yeah. and then chaos. Um, Nikki appears again, big night Classic. for this kid. Um, she oh, pats yeah. the fire-breathing horse and gives it a tiny apple. Yeah, just like sticks it on. <laughs> on its like, one tooth and yeah. she's calmed the horse. I don't know why that's a thing. Innocence of uh, children, know. I don't know. Um, the next bit is called Arrivals and it's all about mm-hmm. like migration and multiculturalism. Mm-hmm. Big Mardi Gras energy. Yes, primary colours Mardi Gras yeah. energy. And it's different groups in traditional dress, like talking about migration from Africa, Asia, Europe, Pacific countries, New Zealand have a great float here and it's just like. Well, it's not, it's like well, great Pacific as in, and then New Zealand are in it. Like it's. Or the one that's meant to be it's, New Zealand. It's blue. It's, and I just, by great, I mean they're all really good looking. It's oh, yeah. a lot of hot, glittery people on a float. A lot of attractive people on floats. Mm. But they have also done the thing where they're like 30 cultures on this one float. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yeah. It is, it is like, yeah, all of Pacific is quote, unquote, New Zealand. And then it's like all of Asia is on this one float. <laughs> and it's mm. like, it's Yes, it's of the time. It is a very um, much of the time. It's not as nuanced as I would have liked no. it to have been. I'm glad that it is there as a concept. Mm, and they are all having a great time. Well, I it's, hope they, they seem are. to be. <laughs> um, it pans to Chelsea Clinton, who doesn't seem to get it. No, she's very confused. Very, oh, that's very just confused. her face, the poor thing. But. Yeah. <laughs> mm. They're making the rings again and I've written mm. the music is quite Ricky Martin mm. and then I wrote lots of hot people and they've made oh, an outline yeah. of Australia. Yeah, it's a big gay time. Yeah, and then they've made the outline of Australia around, you know, the central platform thing where Nikki appears mm. with a bunch of people, one of each Olympic colour. 
they're all in their outfits. Um, and she's doing a great job with the lip sync and she sings Under the Southern Skies. And it is an extremely earnest Eurovision Under entry. Under the Southern Skies. That one. Every voice in celebration, every family hand in hand. Yep. Thank you. You probably should have done the singing instead of my <laughs> wobbling. No, no, it was beautiful. Um, and so everyone gets their candles out. There's a key change. And they, it does look like stars with everyone yeah. waving However, their electronic candles. I just want to address mm. in this section, Nikki's standing there mm. and she has a delegate from each of the homogenous cultures that have yes, come she on does. from the floats. And <laughs> the tall green woman that looks like she's come from out of space. Oh, yeah, they look like they're Grinch. They're meant to represent Europe. Yeah. Behind her. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, it's meant to be Europe, but are you a bloody alien? Yeah. And in this whole section, like Nikki is very impressive. She's mm. singing with the whole world on her shoulders mm. and also the aliens apparently. And it's just this wild, very specific shot where Nikki's like so earnestly doing her best and this one tall green <laughs> alien woman is standing behind her with this grin like, I am also doing my best. And it's really weird. Like, oh, man. It is. There were some costume choices. Mm. But like Eurovision. That's yeah, and the year two thousand, mm. like everything was it's like so space, but rounded corners. Yeah, they really <laughs> loved that, like the idea of like the millennium as like a spacey thing. Yeah, um, and then I've written, oh, they made the Southern Cross. It's a shame. Yes, well, um, but different time. And then the next section is called Eternity, and they've oh. kind of cleared the platform. A single tap dancer is lifted yeah. up on a platform. This is my favourite bit. Oh, is it that guy from Coyote Ugly? Yes. Yes, it yep. is. It is Adam, Adam Garcia. Garcia from Coyote Hello. Ugly, which which came out that year, and he's tap dancing on a platform. Mm. This is yeah. the tap dog section. My housemate was watching this with me as in preparation and in solidarity, and she was like, tap dogs is our lord of the dance. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, do you remember when Tap Dogs and then Red Hot Rhythm were just like this huge deal in this mm. time? And they would go on all of the breakfast TV shows. They were touring nationally. Like, everyone was just going to watch these masculine construction looking dudes tap their little hearts out. Yeah. It was a phenomenon of and the era that's completely disappeared. They look like they're either wearing Blundstones or RMs, which have got taps on the bottom. I mean, yeah. tap dogs, they used to do cruise ships. I hope they're okay. I hope they're Because okay. they were still around. Um, but, yeah, he's, you know, he's got his Bonds singlet on and he's got his yeah. flannel around his waist. He's got mm. his work boots and he's doing some really great tap dancing. National treasure. On his little platform. He looks very handsome. We yeah. love it. Um, haven't watched Coyote Ugly recently I doubt it holds up but I will watch it so there's big metal ramps there are Mm. 1,300 dancers a lot of them are in the stands at this point Mm -hmm. and apparently like every second dancer had the track in their ear yeah so that they could hear it and then the person next to them just had to copy them like because otherwise it would be all out of sync and it would be a disaster and tapping out of sync would have just been a long loud drone yeah, it would have sound like nothing and it is 
I don't understand how they have, ach- have achieved it. It's very, very impressive that they've done it. Like, mm. I, yeah, I, mm, nah, I don't. I've yeah. seen a Stedford teams of 12 be more <laughs> out of sync. <laughs> I feel like I've seen duets that, you know. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Or just soloists not in sync with yeah. the bloody track they're dancing to. Yeah, it's really impressive. Yeah. Um, so they all start to put their goggles on and people literally fire up the angle grinders. They've got actual yep. angle grinders and it's dancers. They trained dancers. They didn't get people who've used an angle grinder and they're doing yep. a rhythm. Yeah. Can confirm that is a trend that has carried through to circus land to this day. Mm. It's so dangerous. I see it all the time. There's all so the many time. people and teenagers. Like there's just. Yeah. Um, and at the, there's also people on what looks like either giant segways or hoverboards, like circling the field while this is happening. Yeah, they're like hoverboardy things. But also, it was like the year two thousand. We're all gonna have these hoverboards. Yeah. In a year's time, don't have one yet. Yeah, and it's like, but that's Excuse while me. the, you know, tap dog thing oh, is yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah. All I mean, they wouldn't tapping. have got dog poo on them. No, that's good. Mm. <laughs> Might have picked it up though. I don't know how hoverboards work. Um, so there's more formations and there's people in like cherry pickers and so then Nikki and yeah. Chakapura are back and they're checking out the construction site. That was my interpretation. Yeah. Because they're kind of watching and they're being lifted up. The tap continues. The plant volvers some- return. Isn't there some commentary about how this section is meant to represent, you know, and – this is a quote, this isn't what I believe in my heart, but the old Australia and the new Australia coming together, you know. I believe that is what the commentary said. So, you know, they are. They're checking yeah. out the construction site. They're they seeing what's yeah. being built. The plant volvers return. The bridge yes. lights up and it's got the eternity sign, <laughs> which it didn't, half of it didn't work actually. Um, but yeah, it doesn't quite light up properly. <laughs> yeah. And it's. Like, because the, the eternity thing, it's just like a little, like, Sydney thing that in context makes no sense, but it's like because there was this guy who wrote the word eternity in his beautiful handwriting every day for, like, decades. Some in, Inside the bell tower in Town Hall, there is there is one in, in situ where it remains. What? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, because the, the eternity guy, he was, um and like, Anonymous for a long time. It's literally just <laughs> just a thing that Sydney people would know. So between 1932 to 1967, a man called Arthur Stace wrote it in chalk all over the streets of Sydney. Apparently he was illiterate, but obviously he could write this word. He had been a soldier and, you know, struggled with alcoholism and then became a really devout Christian um, and he was always going around writing this word down and it was just kind of like sure. really nice handwriting, local mystery thing that See, he did. Even without the context of that, the eternity banner still makes more sense than Laurie Lawrence telling people how to swim. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's never really entered my mind too much except for the like oh it's not all lit up (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah big ass marching band yeah yes 2000 piece apparently 2000 yeah and then I've written I'm such a nerd because I 
I love marching bands. I love the film yeah. Drumline featuring Nick Cannon and Zoe Saldana. It's a good film. Um, they've formed the logo again. Mm-hmm. Um, the like the specific Sydney logo, not unlike my high school logo. Um, and then it is. Oh yeah, if you are going to watch this, skip the skip the Parade of Nations. It's oh yeah. There are some outfits that are fun. Mostly they look like they're either going off to private school or they're wearing a track suit. Andorra are wearing fedoras, which I quite liked. Andorra fedora. Like bananas in pyjamas. Belgium really do look like Belgian tourists. <laughs> There's interviews like Andrew Gaze, who was like carrying yeah. the flag. Yeah. So funny. What an egg. What he's, a lovely giant nerd. He's just so stoked and he's like, oh, he had two jobs, which is, you know, keep waving it and then he's meant to like dip it at the Olympic committee, but he forgot, but then he couldn't see them. So he's just dipping it randomly. Yeah. Having a great time. Yeah. Their outfits are awful. <laughs> the Australian oh, yeah. team. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, but it's so of the time. Like the ones. But scrap- they're not the worst ones. No, they're not. Know? Well, the, the the United States just look, look like they're off to play lawn bowls, but the one-strap shoulder bags, like the satchel, like I had a school bag like mm. that, I'm sure, mm. and the cargo pants for the boys, for this is Australia, or below-knee skirts, they're hideous. I kind of love it. But they, apparently the colours are meant to be like saltbush, eucalyptus, and the wattle blossom. That was the Which inspiration. Which is a nice idea. Yes. The execution heinous it is the year 2000 Um, oh boy and then i've written how did i forget dare to dream oh iconic it's one of the best bits literally i also wrote the word iconic and then i wrote camp excellence um because it is john farnham yeah and olivia newton john god bless singing the shit out of a song they both look great yeah. And just as a side note, um, I really love their Christmas album, um, hmm. which they released. I thought that would come up. About 2017. <laughs> it's called Friends for Christmas. Um, <laughs> cannot recommend uh, it more highly. <laughs> my notes were Dare to Dream with multiple E's and A's mm. and then Perfection. Yeah. <laughs> I love that when they walk down into the audience, the volunteer, well, not the audience, the you know athletes, the athletes, yeah. the um, the volunteers have had to like form a wall and they're like linking arms and holding hands to like keep oh yeah, John right, and like Olivia the safe yeah. from people just taking photos of them, which I definitely mm. would have oh. if I was there. It's such a long song. They are singing the absolute shit out of it. They really go for a while. And if you were, if you did listen to our last episode, you'd remember that Dare to Dream is one of the slogans of the 2000 Olympics. Dare to dream. It's such a banger. Um, it's so cheesy. Yeah. And perfect for its, it's fit for purpose. Um, 2000 is such a long time ago. Um, so there's like a big, like an enormous flag that comes down over the audience and, like, covers mm. the athletes. So they project mm-hmm. things onto it, like the dove and stuff. And apparently in, re- like, rehearsals it got completely shredded. So they were yeah. really worried about it working. They had to remake it in, like, four days. Which is hectic. Yeah. Um, but, like, it it happens. It's fine. And that's while Vanessa Amorossi is singing, yes. isn't it? In her stripy pantsuit oh. 
age 19. I, uh, I didn't remember the song, but damn, she can sing. It is Heroes, Heroes Live, Live Forever. Forever. Yeah. Like, yeah. damn. She's yeah. phenomenal. I think it's my favourite um, vocal performance of the evening. It <laughs> is my favourite song. <laughs> so powerful. Like, it actually still hits. Yeah. like <laughs> It's actually really good. Because <laughs> well, this is the Absolutely Everybody came out kind of this year and she, well, yeah, yeah. she performs it in the closing ceremony. But, like, I feel like we have not given, I mean, I have in my young life given Vanessa Amorossi plenty of credit. Love her. Oh, uh, no, we need to I think formally nation, address it yeah. as a nation <laughs> that we have not maintained our support because um, she's bloody excellent. And the sheet, the flag, is yeah amazing also just like it's one of those terrifying moments where they've gone hello audience and athletes we trust you to do the right thing right now yeah the fact that we are literally enrolling thousands and thousands and thousands of people to move this sheet down Mm. and do the right thing and they all do yeah and like what if you have a panic attack um yeah. Oh, no, all of those athletes underneath the sheet yeah. would have been like, wow. If it does get stuck, <laughs> I have to break your way out. Um, but, yeah, so Vanessa sings for her life. Oh. Um, the Olympic flag is carried in by a bunch of former athletes, so apparently one of them who's, like, quite tall, he's like, the suit didn't really fit, had to go buy my own Dunlop volleys, I didn't have shoes. It's just like, what's going on with you? Classic. I have that problem all the time. Yeah. Dunlop volleys, another iconic mm. thing. I had some, um, yep. Yeah, and then, like, the, you know, flags are raised, things happen, ceremonial, a little bit boring bit, but Tina Arena appears. God bless. Um, Eurovision vibes continue. Yeah, I don't her know, this song isn't as good. good. Yeah, she's doing it's, her she best. She does a great job, but it's no chains. No. But she looks 11 out of 10. She looks so stunning. She was 33. And having, like, 20 years have passed and I've <sighs> – seen her in in real life in the last couple of years stunning she looks like that yeah it's wild she's really nice we love tina um one thing i did note around this time is that all of the singers um outside of the like indigenous section which mm. is a section are all white like there's no you know like there's no it's all white people there's literally no one else mm of any other culture or First Nations people singing in this kind of song section, which is not great. Mm. No. Yep. Um, and that, you know, like Yothu Yindi, Archie Roach, Gurumo, like, you know, there were, there's like big names kicking mm. around in this time. Yeah, like Yoth- Yothu Yindi appear in the closing ceremony, but was, yeah. was there not a place for them here? Exactly. There's mm. a, yeah, there's a few appearances in the closing, but... Anyway, yeah, just a note. It's very it's very Eurovision. Yes. Um, yeah. But also, like, Tina Arena is extremely popular in Europe as well. So you can see why. Cause she speaks French, I think, Italian. Anyway, Probably. yeah. She's singing about the flame. There's yeah. a montage of the flame relay, whatever, the children's choir. Oh, that's right, yeah. Again. There is – sorry to backtrack. No, there right. is good female representation, though. Oh, Yeah. Like it's, there's lots of women on stage mm. and when we get to the torch bearing as well. Like, yeah, which is I think good. where we have gotten to. Yeah, it is about here. Because yeah. they're celebrating 100 years of women's participation in the Olympics. 
Yeah. And so once the um, the Olympic torch enters the stadium, it is carried oh. exclusively by women. Oh, it's such an excellent moment. It's so mm. great. Yeah. So there's Betty Cuthbert and Raylene Boyle. Um, mm. Raylene is is pushing Betty in her wheelchair. Um, it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, and there was a thing on Channel 7 where, like, Raylene is talking about, like, she'd had some, you know, quite major surgery and yeah. in, like, the practices there was a bit of a cable on the thing and she's just like, what if I run over yeah. it? And, like, she falls out. Like, I can't put a pick her up. I can't put her back in a chair. What do we do? But then yeah. it was all fine. What if there's a horse poo? Yeah, um, but that's really, really beautiful. Yeah, like they're both like cute. visibly emotional and I'm like, I love these old ladies. Um, so then there's Dawn Fraser, Shirley Strickland, Shane Gold, Debbie Flintoff King. And some of these people, like they're they're running. These are not young, yeah, yeah. young women. Yep, and it's it's a big track. Like it's not, yeah. it's not a short run, no. Um, but they are running. And, yeah, so it had been kept – like a secret from yeah, even from like you know like Dawn Dawn Fraser all those even they know. didn't know no yeah Rhoda Roberts yeah. knew um yeah kept it a secret lots of like it was people thought and hoped that it would be Kathy Freeman yeah and then it was yeah such a big deal it's a huge deal I yeah I just get emotional every time it's like yeah mm. it's really that whole section is just really nice. And she's so young and like and she goes she goes on to win. Yeah. And she has to carry that torch and run up so many oh, stairs. So many stairs. Just so many stairs. And I was like, that is stressful. Mm. And like I yeah. But <laughs> and like the she's, rest of she's the ladies, runner, you know, but she does normally yeah. run on flat ground. No yeah, yeah. Mm. And then the rest of the ladies kind of watch on in a little like coven formation. Yeah, like, it's nice. Yeah. Mm. we're lighting the thing like it's yeah mm. and it is it's nice that like the first person in who did the the first leg of the relay in australia was Nova paris yeah who's the first aboriginal person to medal like or win gold or whatever yeah and then kathy it's very nice um yeah who was the first to get it individually yeah so oh. she's run up all these stairs she steps into this pool of water Oh, and then, like, lights the ring of fire in the water. And apparently it was meant to be, so like, a, a two-metre-high flame, which is a crazy idea, and then they're just like, that's too dangerous. Yeah. Literally anyone who's ever stood next to a bonfire would be able to tell you that mm. that's too warm. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, uh, the flame rises out of the water. So cool. And then it goes up into a thing and it's meant to just continue on its way to the top of the stadium. Kathy Uh at least has got to step out of the water. She's holding a torch. She's looking at it. The big Olympic cauldron um, gets stuck. Yep. And it's a a little bit funny in hindsight. Yeah, it's a long time. It's like four minutes or something, Mm. isn't it? And she'd be freezing, like she looks cold. Yeah. And the choir composed. is just repeating the same phrase, like the mm. orchestra and the choir. And because they're making this like, wah, like noise, it's like tense and like, wah. And then you just, it's like, you're just watching this thing. Mm. <coughs> and now that we all retroactively know after the fact, 
that it's stuck and it's not meant to be there. Mm. Like you're just, it's so tense. And like behind the scenes, people oh. would have been absolutely scrambling because like, because it hadn't connected to the bigger track, like to take it all the way up, which meant it was on gas canisters. It hadn't connected to the main. So it was running out of gas. So yeah, it was just on a cylinder. Just extinguished the flame. And again, it was a queuing system problem. Yeah, there was like the cable had severed. Yeah, the literal like the cable, the cable cut, Mm. and they luckily had a backup radio. Yeah, there was like a radio system that, but people had wanted to remove it. They nearly got rid of it because they were worried it was going to interfere with other. Oh my Mm. gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah. So all the techies poo. Um, Yeah, those are the events that shave years off of your life, honestly. And Kathy Freeman's wet. Like yeah. she's wet and cold and standing up and like shaking. Mm. And then, oh, but she's so composed. Yeah. Like, yes, internally she would have been screaming, mm. but you wouldn't know. Yeah. And because then eventually it starts moving. Yeah. And it goes all, up its little elevator. It's all fine. Connects to the actual gas supply, mm. not the temporary cylinder tank. She gets to go downstairs oh. and like. Dawn oh. Fraser has got a like wrapping her in a jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's very quickly thrown a jacket over her, which is not. It's also not in the same costume design, so it yeah. looks like it might have been someone making a call and mm. going, "No, we need to like this is the most treasured Olympian of this yeah, game, and we're potentially going to give her the flu." Yeah, <laughs> it's no good. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I do have some quotes that I want to add here from a lovely lady that I used to work with who actually volunteered for the ceremony. So shout out Jenny. Thank you so much. Um, I just, uh, you know, gave her a bunch of questions and she answered all of them. Um, Great. We love. Yeah. So I asked like what her favorite moments were that she could remember. This is like 20 years ago. She said, my favorite moment of the opening ceremony was standing near the arena entrance and hearing the thundering hooves of the horses coming out, mm. the men from Snowy River, and like getting mm. goosebumps and realizing this was being seen worldwide and feeling proud to be Australian in that moment. And she also said at one stage, I stood in the holding area for the Indigenous section and felt so proud to see all these wonderful women from country about to perform. So that would have been really special. Um, and then later she says, I was working in the media section as the Olympic torch was being taken around the arena. I remember one or two journalists asked me how to spell some of the Aussie ex-Olympians' names and there was a lot of pressure oh. to get it right. Oh, God. I'm a volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh. I think Jenny was also working in the VIP section. And then Kathy Freeman lighting the cauldron. When it got stuck, the buzz and activity in the media, so everyone wondered mm. if it was meant to be that way. Yeah. And about the Olympics itself, she's, she said she remembers being just outside the stadium, hearing the roar and dismay of the crowd when Jane Saville was heartbreakingly disqualified oh, a few yeah. hundred metres from taking gold in the oh, 200k oh, walk. Oh. Yeah. And so just outside the stadium. Oh, my gosh. And just could hear that. That's, oh devastating um and I'd asked Jenny what what she thought about you know like Sydney at the time what it was like and like what had changed because of the Olympics and she said that Sydney became such a warm like such a friendly warm city even the taxi drivers were smiling and friendly there was an electric buzz in the air 
There's a wonderful sense of camaraderie. I love connecting with family and friends, seeing the games and others working as volunteers, experiencing such amazing and unique moments. And Jenny says she thinks what changed was people were were more proud to be Australian and to realise what a wonderful country we do live in, especially Mm. when all the visitors remind us how unique, wonderful and friendly we are as a country. Um, I asked her if she would do it again. She says, heck yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, Oh, and I'll also, see you at 2032, yeah. Jenny. <laughs> see you in Briz. Um, yeah, so to this day apparently the blue line from the marathon is still on parts of the roads, mm. which I didn't know. <laughs> um, and apparently someone did offer, offer her 500 um, American dollars for her yellow sleeve volunteer jacket during the oh. games. She did not sell it. She said no. Yeah, but the Heck only part no. of her uniform she still has is her Olympic watch her Olympic staff medals and her ID lanyard. Um, any of the other stuff, it's hot property. If you've got one of those um, jackets, people will buy it. Um, right. oh, and she said she discovered after the Olympics, like how many, because there are lots of volunteers, but lots of people would, you know, sign on and then disappear. Like one guy would just like bring a briefcase, get changed and then just watch the events. Oh, yeah. Mm. Volunteering is, oh, yeah, you always got to get 50% more than what you actually need. <laughs> mm. Yeah, oh, and she said she was on a bus at like 6 o'clock in the morning on the bridge when like like Greg Norman was getting the, the torch like for the relay. So she like saw uh, that. Um, but, yeah, it sounds like a really cool time. Yeah, it would have been pretty cool to be in Sydney. Mm. I mean, I, I was as a kid, but like to yeah. be – in the city and yeah yes mm. and oh i mean jenny volunteered for the opening but she was a spectator for the closing um mm-hmm. so we i mean we don't have time to do a recap of the closing but i i must just do a very quick rundown of what the occurred this will be real quick Whoa. all right <laughs> so the closing yeah. ceremony also known as let's party exclamation mark um Mardi was Gras, a- sure. attended by 114,714 people. Well, yeah. Um, it ex- the ceremony celebrated Australiana um, and most Rama. of the floats were <laughs> designed in the style of like Reg Mombasa, like Mambo. Um, mm-hmm. Around 2.4 billion people watched it, which is a lot. <laughs> um, the pre- prelude thing that wasn't the, like at the beginning was hosted by Roy and HG. The men's marathon had literally just finished. Yeah. And then this happens. Get straight to it. There's a weird skit with the buggy. The SSO is back. Ken Doan has made another flag. Christine Arnu sings My Island Home. Mm. Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, Savage Garden perform. And they're wearing the Indigenous flag. And... Oh, yeah, Nikki Webster sings again with the choir, a song called We'll Be One, and then there's a fighter jet that flies over mm. the, the flame. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like a visual like trick where it takes it, – like taking the flame to Athens or something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's an hour-long party and dance mix. <laughs> um, oh. Vanessa Amorosti oh. performs Absolutely Everybody. Yes. Which well. it was such a hit from then kind of and then and also that is that is literally what's happening in the stage right now in the stadium (laughs) love is in the air by formed by john paul young Mm. then there's a medley phil and tommy emmanuel and then 
In Excess, Jimmy Barnes, he does Working Class Man, Midnight Oil, Do Beds Are Burning, Yothu Yindi, Treaty. At the end of that, it's Parade Mm -hmm. of Icons. Kylie Minogue appears, essentially dressed as an older Nikki Webster with surf lifesavers. She's driving a thong, riding a thong. (laughs) (laughs) And by thong, I mean flip-flop. Kylie Minogue riding like a sandal, singing Dancing Queen. Yeah. Um, This is Mardi Gras. Like you're just describing Mardi Gras. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a float that has Greg Norman, Bananas in Pajamas, Elle McPherson, Paul Hogan as Crocodile Dundee, and then drag queens from Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Um, And so that's, that's, that's a remix. And then finally, Kylie Minogue performs her recently released single On a Night Like This. Oh. And then the show ended with the whole cast performing on the stage with Men at Work. They perform Land Down Under. And then Slim Dusty performs an acoustic version of Waltzing Matilda as a sing-along. And then that's the end. There's fireworks at the bridge. Wow. That's a marathon. Yeah. Well, Sydney, <laughs> you did it. Yeah. Um, and in true origin fashion, I look forward to upstaging you at 2032. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, we're all in it together. Yeah, hopefully Kylie will have talked to us by then. <laughs> Nikki, come on. Um, my sources for this were, I mean, the ceremony itself, available on the mm. Olympic Channel on YouTube. Um, Channel 7, they're Towards Tokyo, Sydney 2000 Rewind. Um, the Sydney 2000 Open Ceremony intro, also on YouTube. There's things from the ABC, from the Sydney Opera House, and from Wikipedia. And big thanks to Jenny Gordon for sharing her experiences. Thanks, Jen. Next week we will be dipping our toes into the scientific lakes of the CSIRO (laughs) and (laughs) talking about the dish. We're going to talk about space and the moon landing. We're going to talk about the dish and Mm -hmm. it's going to be amazing. Not the film Um, The Dish, the actual dish, like the Parks Radio Telescope. The actual dish that the film is based off of i will watch the film in preparation again just for my own emotional benefit great but it's gonna be great i look forward to it moon landing australia Boom. communications science big satellite funding question mark <laughs> Um, as always you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Australianorama or chuck us an email australianorama at gmail.com 